Welcome to another crossover episode of the Locked On Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Wade with the Locked On Hawkeyes, and I'm joined by Tanner Nessel of the Locked On Badgers. And we are here today to give you a fantastic preview of the Big Ten Men's Conference Tournament that is going to be taking place tonight. All right, so we're recording this a day in advance, but we're going to be talking about, you know, tomorrow or basically tonight's games and talking through kind of what our predictions are for the conference tournament with a little bit more of an emphasis on the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Wisconsin Badgers for all of you um, dedicated listeners. Tanner, thank you for joining me today. I'm starting to enjoy these crossover episodes. It's kind of fun to bounce ideas off each other. How are you doing today, though? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing this with you. Uh, I, I like doing this crossover stuff. Uh, you're a good dude to talk to. And um, this is a very interesting conference tournament for both of our teams because there, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to know a lot more uh, come Selection Sunday about both of our teams, uh, depending on what they do in the next few days here. It, it could really make or break both the Hawkeyes and the Badgers, I think. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I wrote an article on Dear Old Gold specifically about my predictions for the Big Ten Tournament. And, you know, we talked a lot about this on the crossover episode last week about Iowa versus Wisconsin and how these teams are very similar. And I think in regards to the Big Ten Tournament, I think they're very similar teams in that too. I, I consider them both to be what I would like to, you know, coin the term pretenders in the sense that I don't know if they can go very far. I think both teams are incredibly talented, but I just – I could see both teams bowing out pretty quickly. I mean, Wisconsin has at least a little bit easier of a slate being the four seed getting two buys, which is fantastic. But I, I, I'm still concerned about both teams and how far they can go in this tournament. Yeah, that second buy doesn't really do too much for me because, uh, I mean, I've kind of bounced back and forth on this idea because even if Wisconsin didn't have the four seed, they would have the five seed. And they would have to play the winner of Nebraska and Rutgers, which is hopefully a team we'd be able to take care of, no problem. And then we'd have to play Maryland either way, because Maryland is probably going to beat that team. Yep. Um, so either way, we're going to have to get through Maryland. And I'm I'm just not sure how I feel about that one. And then beyond that, Michigan State is waiting for us. So if, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how I, how I feel about that game either. That Michigan State's probably the favorite to win this by a long shot, considering what they just did to Michigan. So Absolutely. Yeah. Vegas odds, I think, has Michigan State as the you know top top team to win. Michigan as the number two team to win and Purdue as the number three team to win. And then from there, it's a pretty big jump to every other team. I think Wisconsin's obviously fourth, but they're a little bit um, further away and a lot worse odds and according to Vegas. Mm -hmm. So and I do agree with that. I think the Wisconsin-Maryland game will be really interesting. Um, Bruno Fernando is a big time dude who's athletic and physical. And I think we talked about this on the last show, but Ethan Happ is a very technically sound guy down low, but when he plays against guys like Bruno Fernando, that's not exactly going to help him. Um, Fernando's a beast, and I, I feel like Fernando can um, really control that that game down low, unlike Tyler Cook, who was unable to do that <laughs> against Wisconsin um, last Thursday night. Yeah, Tyler Cook, I was shocked by how non-existent he was in that game. Zero points. Uh Ofer, I believe, six from the field. But Bruno Fernando is a completely different player. Um, he, he's a pro, first of all. I, I'm not sure exactly what Tyler Cook's pro prospects are. He could very well be up there, too. But Not as know, good as Bruno Fernando's. Yeah, but Bruno Fernando, <laughs> I think, is just – he's a few inches taller. He's he's just that much bigger uh, and that much more of a problem. I don't think uh, – it, it would be very wise if Nate Reavers was the guy guarding him and, and Nate Reavers only. I'm sure there's going to be times where um, – 
where Rivers is out of the game just because he doesn't play the same kind of minutes as, as Hap, but they really have to do everything they can to keep Hap off of uh, off of Fernando in that game. It's he's just he's simply too much. He's a monster. Absolutely, yeah. So I think from my perspective, that'll be a really fun game to watch. And, and like you said, that doesn't really help Wisconsin whether or not they have the five or the four seed. I personally think. Nebraska just got done kicking the crap out of Iowa. Nebraska's playing Rutgers, and, and then, you know, they play the – the winner of that game plays Maryland before they end up going on to Wisconsin, which will likely be Maryland. So, Wanda, you know, we talked a little bit about this before the show started, but wanted to kind of go through and just, you know, kind of go off the, the cusp and talk through each game, kind of give our predictions. And obviously, as we talked about, we're definitely going to digress a lot and probably focus pretty significantly on Iowa and Wisconsin, those being the two teams that we care about the most and obviously know about the most. So, let's – Let's jump right into it. The Rutgers versus Nebraska game. That's the game that, as a Wisconsin fan, you should be paying at least a little bit of attention to, mm-hmm. just because the winner of that game is going to be playing Maryland. And although Maryland is going to be the you know significant favorite against Wisconsin, um, it is a game that we you know you should be watching out for. Personally, I think Rutgers is a very sneaky team. They're not as bad as people think they are, given their record and whatnot. You know, they're a very lengthy team, very tall. Um, I believe they're one of the top five, you know, tallest teams in the nation, according to Ken Palm. And I think, you know, defensively speaking, they can stop a lot of teams. It's just a matter of whether or not their offense can get going. As we saw against Iowa, their offense could get going, and they blew the Hawks out. What is your concerns, or do you have any concerns with Rutgers? Well, the thing that – these are two very different teams. Nebraska, I feel like, uh, is a program on a decline. Uh, Tim Miles is very likely done for if they lose this game. Um, and it, who knows? There could be a lot of people on that team and around that program that are just waiting for the season to be over with so that they can get going and moving on. But Rutgers is on the exact opposite position. They're on their way up as a program. And um, that's a great stat. Like you said, one of the tallest teams in the country. And that's Wisconsin's not very tall. Uh, we just got done talking about how it's Nate Reavers who has to guard Bruno Fernando if it comes to that. And outside of Reavers, they don't really have many options because Ethan Happ is, you know, he's he's great. He's whatever, but he's only 6'8", and he doesn't really play too vertical of a game. So Wisconsin, not that long of a team, not great with, uh, with handling length. Um, but Rutgers is just the kind of team – I feel like if they play a good game against Nebraska and they get a little bit of momentum going because they are, uh, they're like the nobody believes in us team. Um, they, they can really ride that momentum. That that kind of thing happens a lot in these conference tournaments. Um, the, the teams that are often overlooked, you know, you got Maryland that's already looking ahead to Wisconsin. I promise you that. And it's going to be really hard for these guys that are just 18, 19, 20 years old to really lock in and focus on this this hot motivated Rutgers team, if that's who they get. And I think, you know, if you get Rutgers winning two games in two days, there's no reason that it, it, Wisconsin's going to be worried about them too. I'm going to be worried about them. It just, that's just naturally how it works. So Rutgers is just a, I feel like they're going to be a lot better next year. And uh, they're looking for just some momentum to catapult them into next year. And just being able to rip off a couple of wins in a couple of days in this tournament could really uh, set the tone for that program. That's kind of what I'm concerned about. I I couldn't agree more. Um, They're definitely a team on the rise, and we saw them kick the crap out of Iowa later in the year. And against Wisconsin earlier in the year, they only lost by five at Wisconsin. So, again, we talked about this in the last show, but the Kohl Center may not be what it once was. 
per se, but it's still mm-hmm. tough to play at the Kohl Center regardless. It's always tough to go on the road, and a young team like Rutgers losing by five points to Wisconsin is is a pretty good, pretty pretty good indication, in my opinion, of of how well the you know Rutgers could match up with Wisconsin if they were able to get to that point. So yeah, do you think? And, and you know, Rutgers is is looking back on that too. They're like, we had these guys. Yep. Yeah, they, they're they're ready for it. They're they're looking ahead to Wisconsin if they can. If they beat Wisconsin and uh, then they're in the semifinals and who knows what can happen there. You know, it's, it's just survive in advance at that point. Absolutely. The one thing I will say is um, that could be interesting about Rutgers. So again, looking at Ken Palm, their experience is one of the, they're one of the lowest experienced teams or one of the least experienced teams in the nation. So while they have that height and they've shown that they can play in hostile environments, you always have to be concerned about younger guys not living up to the moment and whatnot. But as you said, they have nothing to lose. They yeah. know they're, they know, you know, they don't win. They're out of the tournament, but they have a good program going forward. They're going to be a scary team next year. So if they can beat Nebraska, move on, potentially beat Maryland, I mean, we could be looking at a team that makes a run here. Do you think Nebraska has a shot in this game? Yeah, they got a shot just because, you know, at the end of the day, like Rutgers is still a 12 seed. You know, Nebraska is still a 13 seed. They're, they're basically right there neck and neck. There's not much separating these teams. Um, it, it When you stretch it out and you look at like their seasons as a whole, Rutgers – has more things going for it, but they're still not that great. And um, I mean, Nebraska was supposed to be really good this year. So it, if they can just put it together for 40 minutes, then yeah, they absolutely have a shot. I just really don't think it would be the best thing for, um, I guess, either program. It probably is just better for Nebraska to just kind of, you know, get on and get over with it and, and for Nebraska, or for Rutgers to then keep going on. And and like you said, Rutgers is playing with house money. And I think that goes a long way in, in these kinds of tournament settings. Um, so I guess I'm going to kind of backtrack and say, I don't think Nebraska really does have much of a shot. <laughs> uh, so it, there's, there's just not much that Nebraska has going for them other than the fact that Rutgers at the end of the day just isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're saying a lot of negatives about Nebraska here, but yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I mean, and Nebraska just got done wiping the floor with Iowa in overtime, which was incredibly embarrassing and pathetic for um, coming from an Iowa basketball fan to watch. But I don't think they have a chance in this game. I think, you know, that was an anomaly in terms of their season. Once Isaac Copeland went down, they're pretty much kind of busted. They're only playing seven scholarship guys right now. Um, and it, and it's just not – it's something it's not sustainable. I, against a team like Rutgers, again, younger um, – length size that kind of thing they have that going for them i expect them to win that game and end up playing maryland um, in the game four second round on thursday so kind of moving on to game two of the first round we have number 11 illinois versus number 14 northwestern for me at least personally the one thing i think about this game is you do have a couple stars here um you have you know Vic law who's back for northwestern and you have that five-star point guard for illinois i i'm absolutely going to butcher this name so if you know how to say this name that would be fantastic um but ao dasuma mu <laughs> I, yeah i, I, don't know. I want to say it's like dasumu or dasumu something like that okay. yeah i mean he's a stud um so you always have to watch out for that sometimes especially in in games like these when you have star players if they can take over a game um that could be the difference between a win and a loss personally i, I honestly don't i don't want to play illinois I think Illinois could – I think Illinois could definitely beat Iowa, although they got the crap kick out of them earlier in the season. Northwestern I just don't think has a lot going for it either um, other than Vic Law. Um, they're a very fundamentally sound team. They're a smart team, which kind of goes with the general you know, mantra of Northwestern. But I think Illinois – 
you know, led by DeSuma can, can really do a lot in this game. Yeah. I think you kind of answered, uh, said it all when you said you don't want any part of Illinois, I'm sure you'd rather play Northwestern and oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's because, you know, it, not just DeSumo or DeSuma, however you say his name, um, but also they got another freshman, their big guy, who has yeah. just an equally uh, difficult name to pronounce, uh, Basanich <laughs> really. Um averaging 12 points a game. I remember when Wisconsin was playing him just because he's a bigger guy too. Um, he's problematic as well down in, the, down in the post. He's actually a pretty good scorer. Illinois, I, they're they're a lot like Rutgers. They're uh, they're a team that's on the come up. Uh, they're going to be playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. Um, Northwestern has nowhere near as much uh, bad stuff going on with their program as Nebraska does. Uh, but Illinois is just better. Illinois should be winning this game. They they're probably less experienced with their two of their three leading scorers being freshmen. But they're they're a more talented team and. Um, I, I think those those young freshmen can take over, and uh, then then you're in a sticky spot because you got to deal with that exact same problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just to hit on what you said, what's shocking to me is I don't even. I, I'm been shocked. I can't even remember how you said it, Georgie. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the freshman forward, he was a three star recruit, uh, so pretty impressive getting you know key minutes in the Big Ten as a freshman. Obviously, Illinois' program has been down for a little bit, so it's a little bit easier to come in and make an impact, unlike out of Wisconsin or in Iowa or Michigan State or wherever you have it. But I, I don't want to play them. I, I think Illinois was struggling earlier in the season. I think they've started to pick it up a little bit better as of late, and it's a team that I don't want to face. Um, it's a team that I really feel like would wipe the floor with Iowa in the second up, or, you know, second round. Iowa's been playing pretty pretty poorly as of late. I think Illinois could probably do something about that. So, so I kind of wanted to ask you, um, we didn't really get a chance to talk too much uh, – since um since the wisconsin game and then since the uh, the last regular season game but what's i guess just what's kind of going on with iowa because Man. i i wanted to talk i i was gonna say i think you match up well uh with your your quarterfinal matchup if if you get that far it'd be michigan but yep. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, how do you even get that far? It sounds like you don't have very much hope. Uh, no, like, I mean, what's going on with them? To be honest, I, I really felt like it, we had a, we had a tough closing regular closing kind of season, right? The last four games of the season not exactly easy. You go on the road to Ohio State, you play Rutgers at, at home, and I think Rutgers matches up really well with Iowa. And then you go to the Cole Center and play Wisconsin. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch that first half of the game, trying to drive through mountain traffic and stuff. But obviously, talking to you a little bit and and seeing some of the stuff and watching kind of some of the highlights, it seemed like officiating has been kind of a, a weird issue for Iowa. Not to say that we're not getting calls but we're not getting to the free throw line as much as we have been in the past. And I think defensively just significant defensive lapses. And I don't, I was not the top defensive team in the nation They're, You know, I think they're 220th or 230th in the nation in terms of points allowed, 
but they're not that bad all the time. And they played a lot better earlier in the season, but as of late, their shots haven't been falling and then they don't get back on defense and they allow easy transition points. They're not closing in on three point shooters. And then everyone seems to be having a career day against them. We talked about that too. So that part's kind of interesting. I, you know, looking at it, the Wisconsin loss sucked. I really thought they would have a chip on their shoulder having lost to Wisconsin at home earlier in the season. And I really felt like Iowa was controlling that game for the most part. Um, they came out pretty flat in that game against Nebraska. I thought if they were able to turn the corner there and, and for a little bit, it looked like they were going to, they had a 16 point lead and then they just crapped the bed. And so from that point, to be honest, I just, at this point, I don't believe they're going to win. I honestly, I honestly feel like they're going to lose the first game in the big 10 tournament. And then they're going to get an eight seed in the NCAA tournament, and they're going to lose that too. And they're going to bow out of their season. If they don't, color me shocked at this point. I, I think most of um, Iowa basketball nation can kind of agree with that. It's been sort of a trend for Fran to have sort of that February fade, that early March fade, where Iowa teams just kind of drop off, you know, drop off the cliff. Um, Iowa a couple of years ago, number three team in the nation, All-American and Jared Utoff, lost like five of their last seven games ended up being a seven seed and, you know, only one, one game in the tournament. So it's just something that uh, Iowa fans have become accustomed to. And I, I just don't think they can go very far to be completely honest, but they do have a very winnable schedule. It, I mean, Rutgers and Northwestern, they're not more talented than Iowa. Iowa matches up really well with Michigan too. So I think that's a, if they can get past that team, I think hopefully they can get up against a team like Michigan again. And I think they match up very well with them, kind of like Rutgers does with Iowa. So I don't know if that answered your question, but basically my confidence is freaking shot, man. It's been a it's been a long couple of weeks for Iowa basketball. Yeah, the way I looked at the Wisconsin-Iowa game um, from last week, Thursday, was more so in the first half anyways. The second half, I think Iowa was just kind of like checked it out of it. Yeah. But in the first half, they got good looks. Uh, a lot of them came from the perimeter. Um, like you mentioned, the free throw disparity wasn't there. Uh, I think that's mostly just because – I was maybe settling, but you're still getting good looks on the perimeter and nothing was just falling. Uh, you had decent shooters taking shots, but nothing was going down. And uh, basketball is a game about making shots. They didn't make shots. So they were in a tough spot in the second half and they had to try to claw back. And at that point it was just, it was too late. But I mean, if some of those shots just fall in, you know, like you could go over the cliches, just it's a game of inches. If you get this role versus that role, yep. who knows how it could go. Um, but yeah, I, you just really weren't getting the shots, and you could have you could have easily turned the corner there if shots were falling early. Uh, like I was saying, I was afraid that um, Jordan Bohannon is the kind of guy that just lets him go early and often. And if they go in, then instead of him missing early on in the game, that's a completely different game. You have so much more momentum going into Nebraska. You have so much more momentum, possibly even a five seed or four seed uh, going into this tournament if you win those games. Uh, because you don't know what it does to the other teams. Um, it, but yeah, it's just you missed some open shots in the first half against Wisconsin, and that just it seems to me like it, it painted the picture for the rest of your season. Um, yeah. But the, the good news is, though, uh, Joe Lenardi does still have you guys in the field of 68 uh, as, a <laughs> nine, as a nine seed. So I was kind of wondering, like, at what point is Iowa in trouble? But I don't think that you guys are even close to that. You're still a nine seed, so. You yeah. got a long ways to go before you you get to the that last four in stage. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, the loss against Nebraska didn't qualify as a quadrant two loss. It actually ended up being a quadrant one loss. And I ended up moving up in the net ranking and Ken Palm. So I don't understand 
how all that exactly happened. I mean, in advanced analytics, it's a little bit tough to quantify when a Nebraska team is missing half their freaking players. But um, I completely agree. The one positive going into you know the Big Ten tournament is that Iowa's shooters kind of got going. Tyler Cook struggled again, but Luca Garza had 25 points. Bohannon had 20. Isaiah Moss, who gets pretty hot and cold, had 10, and he was actually shooting the ball. And then Joe Wieskamp had 14. So their shooters are starting to get going. I think that could be a big difference in the second round. Mm. Yeah, and and Iowa should just be better too. Like at at the yeah. end of the day, if you just want to be honest about what these teams are, Iowa should just be better than Illinois or Northwestern, and you should be getting to Michigan. Just like you know, theoretically, uh, Wisconsin should be able to beat Rutgers if that if it comes to that. But you know, Maryland should be able to handle Rutgers or, or Nebraska too. So, absolutely. So, who do you think on that second round? So, I mean, I think we we've talked about this. We believe Maryland will easily beat whoever they play, Rutgers or Nebraska, obviously a little bit concerned about Rutgers. Um, Iowa should, in theory, beat Illinois or Northwestern. I think Illinois causes me a little bit of panic. Northwestern I'm not too concerned about, despite how well Northwestern has played Iowa this year. Um, In terms of the Ohio State versus Indiana game, I think that's a really interesting one. Indiana's been kind of on the bubble and up and down all season. They do have some stud players in Romeo Langford and Juwan Morgan. Ohio State – also has been kind of up and down, started off the season really strong. I mean, I believe they were top 15 and then sort of, you know, fell the top 25 and have been kind of on that bubble. They've, you know, picked it up later in the season. Um, then they had Caleb Wesson get suspended for a couple games where they, you know, dropped those. And then they brought Wisconsin down to the wire. So, you know, you oh. just saw Ohio State play. What are your thoughts on that team? Well, Wisconsin was up by 23 in the second half before they blew it uh, or almost blew it, I guess. Um you know, it, I, I kind of want to say that that's more of Wisconsin's doing. Uh, they they kind of – it looked like Ohio State was going to the, gonna go to the hack-a-half thing. Um, but because Wisconsin knew that, they weren't passing the ball to Ethan Happ at all. And they were trying to break the press four on five. And, uh, and they turned the ball over a couple of times. When they were able to get into the half court, they kind of rushed, uh, rushed some shots. And it, it Ohio State just, like, knocked down – big shot after big shot after three after three and they got right back into it wisconsin just basically melted down completely so uh credit to ohio state for i guess making those shots and putting the pressure on them but i think (laughs) any other like slightly more composed team doesn't let that happen to ohio state so i don't think that they're i really don't think they're all that especially if they don't have uh caleb wesson back um he wasn't back for for wisconsin i don't know if he he's still suspended as far as I know for uh, an undetermined amount of time. So I, I would have to say Indiana's the favorite in that one, especially because Romeo Langford is, you know, he's going to be putting on, he just put up 20 in their last game against Rutgers. Uh, he's, he's going to be trying to uh, show off in front of as many pro scouts as he can. And uh, Indiana, I think it's just better. They got more to play for, I think too. I a hundred percent agree. This is the team. Indiana kind of worries me. I mean, they've played big in big games. They had a couple, I, I mean, they were depleted by injuries earlier in the season. Juwan Morgan was out a little bit. They were just kind of struggling and they got on a little bit of a, a cold streak. You know, they lost to Iowa when Iowa was ranked. They lost to Ohio state. Minnesota is actually a surprisingly tough team. They lost to Purdue and then Iowa again. So that was five straight games. That's a pretty tough gauntlet they faced before going on a four game winning streak. Um, you know, this past two weeks, including a win over Wisconsin and a win over Michigan State. They mm-hmm. stomped Illinois. I mean, this is a team that I'd be worried about. I I fully believe they will take care of business against Ohio State. Although Ohio State needs this game, Indiana needs it just as much. You know, if they could if they could win two or three games in the Big Ten tournament, Indiana could see themselves 
in the NCAA tournament, just like Ohio State. Um, I'll check out the uh, I'll check out the uh, you know bracketology right now, but I believe they're on the bubble, or if not, Ohio State's in as of right now. Yeah, people are going to be billing this game as like a, a basically a playing game uh, for the NCAA tournament. Whoever wins this game is going to be said to be safely in. Yep. And whoever loses this game is their season's over and they're going to be waiting out the rest of the conference tournaments. But the the one thing that really puts Indiana over the top for me is Romeo Langford and just how good he is, because I've watched a lot of these uh, other conference tournaments that have gone on, uh, most of them being like mid-major and low-major conferences. Usually the, the team that has the better player wins the game. Like we saw it with Murray State against um, Belmont. Murray State had John Morant, who's – you know, he's going to be like a top three, top five pick in the NBA. Yep. And he just took over. In a one-game setting, if you have one guy and the other team doesn't have that guy, that's the difference. And in this one-game setting, I think Romeo Langford is simply put the difference. And they're going to win the game because of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And actually, I just looked at the bracketology. Ohio State is currently a 12 seed, and Indiana is the very first team of the ver- first four out. So very huge game with very big implications. Another game we haven't talked about in the second round, number seven, Minnesota versus number 10, Penn State. And I don't know about you, but I'm I don't if I'm if I'm in the Big Ten, I don't want to play Penn State at all. I want to get as far away from them as freaking possible. They have been on a tear as of late, um, been playing fantastic basketball. Not something I actually thought I would ever say about Penn State, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, Iowa played them, and it, you know they, they got hot from the field a little bit, but overall, nothing too impressive. But in their last six games, they have won five of those games. They only lost to Wisconsin, which was a pretty close game as well. Um, they beat Maryland. They also went on the road and beat Illinois and went on the road and beat Rutgers. And again, Rutgers isn't a bad team and playing, you know, at the rack is not exactly easy. So want to get your thoughts on that. Personally, I think this is a game where I think everyone's going to be underestimating Minnesota. I'm rude. I think Penn State's going to win it. I think Minnesota is a solid team, but I just, I can't imagine Penn State not taking care of business the way they have. They have a lot of momentum coming into this game and that's, that's huge come conference time and tournament time, you know, and they also have, I believe he's first team all Big Ten, Lamar Stevens. So, you know, kind of a tough, again, tough player to play when you have a strong player like that. When it comes down to it, that one player can make a huge difference. Yeah, Lamar Stevens is a guy that gave Wisconsin the most problems uh, when we played last. Uh, he he did most of his work from the free throw line. He was just drawing foul after foul after foul. He uh, he didn't shoot too great from the field. Um but he's, he's just problematic. Uh, he's, he's a big dude averaging just shy of 20 points a game. Um, it, that's the strength for Minnesota, too, is their front court players. Um, They're tall. With, yeah, with Jordan Murphy and then Daniel uh, Oturu is, is the freshman. Yep. Uh, he's, he's a really nice player, too. But Lamar Stevens is, is just better than both of those guys, too. And uh, they have a little bit more momentum going in, like you said. Uh, they, they probably believe in themselves a bit more because Minnesota was probably supposed to be a bit better than they were this year, but Lamar Stevens is the best player in this game. And uh, if you're noticing a theme, I'm kind of going with, with the guy or with the team that has a better guy. So I think we're kind of on the same page there with Lamar Stevens and Penn state. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's, do you, your X factor is, do you have the best player in the game? And I think momentum is absolutely huge, which is why I have no faith in Iowa at this point. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But you're right. Minnesota does have a lot of length. Looking at Ken Palm, um, they are the 19th biggest team in the big or in the uh, in the country, which is again a huge thing to, to consider, especially when you have teams that 
aren't as big or don't play as big. Like I think Wisconsin's not, you know, they're not a huge team, but they also don't play very big. I think Iowa is a big team, but they don't play very big as well. Tyler Cook and Luka Garza are a little bit, a little bit more finesse. And I say that in the way of when someone starts pushing them around, they back down pretty quickly. And I think a team like Minnesota can cause concerns there, but Lamar Stevens is an absolute beast and he's shooting 77% from the free throw line, which is pretty good for, you know, a six foot eight, 230 pound forward. Yeah, that's really good. And, and like I said, he, he got to the line uh, early and often against Wisconsin. That's where he scored all of his points basically. Uh, so hey, if, if you got that in your toolbox then you got to use it and if, uh, who knows what the what the number is, but if you win the free throw battle, then you got a really good shot to win the basketball game. Absolutely. Well, for our listeners, we're not we're not getting uh, too crazy here. I mean, we've agreed on on literally yeah. everything we've said so far. If the Big Ten tournament actually plays out like this, that would be very crazy. But I, you know, you know how the Big Ten is, and literally every game is a, a slugfest and a battle. So moving on to the quarterfinals. At this point, I would say we would agree that Indiana should win. Maryland should beat the winner of Rutgers in Nebraska. Penn State will probably beat Minnesota. And although I don't like saying this, I think Iowa should beat Illinois or Northwestern. So we move into the quarterfinals. We would have Michigan State versus Indiana. We would have Wisconsin versus Maryland, Purdue versus Penn State, and Michigan at Iowa. So just touching on the Michigan State you know, versus Indiana game, obviously Michigan State is the odds-on favor here. Me personally, whenever I'm filling out a bracket, I don't care how well or poorly Michigan State has done. I never, never count them out. I always put them somewhere in the final four or elite eight. It's something about March where Tom Izzo's squad turns it on and they can just not be beaten. Even against you know Indiana with Romeo Langford, I think this is a pretty easy game for Michigan State. They're going to take this home pretty quickly and put this away pretty quickly. Yeah, everybody's going to drum up how Indiana beat Michigan State twice this year, and uh, it, it doesn't make sense to anybody how that happened. But It really doesn't. Yeah, especially because one of those games, I believe Indiana did not have Romeo Langford even. So it, I, it makes no sense why it happened. So there's absolutely no reason to think it would happen again. And uh, I have a, a long running um, inside joke with some of my friends from school, how it's impossible or maybe impossible is the wrong word, but you, you don't beat a team three times in a row or three times in the same season. You don't beat a good team mm-hmm. three times in the same season. So there's no way Indiana is going to beat Michigan State three times in the same season. Like, give me a break if you think Indiana is going to beat Michigan State three times. Like, come on. It, I could not want to happen. So it, no matter what you want to say about Michigan State, who I think I saw will have Nick Ward back in, in the Big Ten tournament. God, he's a beast, so, too. Yeah. He, he just tore it up against the Hawks. Um, <laughs> just yeah. an absolute stud down low. Very efficient, yeah. too. Yeah, I, I think he's – if they have him back and he's, he's you know, fully uh, worked back into everything, then – Michigan State should be able to run through Indiana because they're not going to want to hear any of this crap like, oh, Indiana beat us twice. They're going to beat us three times. Like, They want nothing to do with that, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. I actually talked about that in my article too. Just You don't beat a team, a good team, three times. You know, once you got lucky, great. Second time, I don't know what the heck happened. Third time, you just don't you don't beat them again. And especially Michigan State in March, you're you're not getting that easy win or that, that bull crap win. So the next game is Wisconsin versus Maryland. And we talked a little bit about this. I think Bruno Fernando is going to be difficult for Wisconsin to play against. 
Um, I you know, I do think Wisconsin has more talented players, but I, I I think Maryland's a little bit more athletic and a little bit more physical than Wisconsin. And so for me personally, I would I think this is the more this is probably the first toss up game we have on the entire slate of games, and that makes sense. The four versus five, see, so we're getting into the quarterfinals, we're getting some of the better teams in the Big Ten. But if I'm a betting man, and I definitely am, I'm going to Vegas for for the first weekend of March Madness, I think I would actually pick Maryland in this game. And it has nothing to do with my hatred against Wisconsin. I just think, you know, Minnesota – or sorry, not Minnesota. Maryland is just going to be too much down low for for Wisconsin. Yeah, the, the I really – I've gone back and forth over the last few years with Maryland. I've, I've liked them and then I didn't like them and I thought they were good and then I thought they were overrated. <laughs> um, I would say I would say they're somewhere in the middle right now. I really respect them, but I don't think they're great. I don't think they're over underrated. I think getting a five seed in the Big Ten tournament is probably like spot on for them. Yep. Uh, but this year, just taking the two games that Wisconsin had against them, the first one um, was at Maryland, and Maryland was smoking the Badgers, and then we came back. Nate Reavers was raining threes, and uh, Wisconsin actually had a shot to. Uh, it was either to tie or take the lead at the end, and Reavers missed. Uh, so they ended up losing the game. And then the second one in Madison was, you know, kind of knockdown, drag out, classic Big Ten basketball that the Badgers ended up pulling out. I was pretty confident in that one just because the Badgers were playing good from the get-go. Um, and I think that's kind of the key here is if they can start out good against this this Maryland team, then they're better over the course of 40 minutes. But they are – Definitely, and I'm talking about the Badgers, they are definitely more capable of just hitting the snooze button and not getting out there until, you know, the final eight minutes of the first half. And then by then it's too late. The guy that I'm really concerned about is Anthony Cowan. Um, We talked about Bruno Fernando already, how big he is. But Anthony Cowan is a really, really good basketball player. Uh, He's he's the best guard in this game. Uh, Ethan Happ may or may not be the best player, but Anthony Cowan is the best guard in this game. And if the pace starts favoring Maryland, it's going to be because Cowan's playing well. Uh, One more final note, though. Uh, I think, what is this? Their top eight scorers, uh, and this is counting guys that are averaging like one and three points per game, but five of their top eight are freshmen. So Maryland is very, very, very young. And I don't think they are uh, as well coached as Wisconsin. So that could go against them. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm looking at it right now and Maryland is, let me see, the least experienced team in the na- – sorry, the third, fourth least experienced team in the entire nation. Yeah, very young. So, yeah, so I mean absolutely insane. Uh, they do have that veteran presence with Anthony Cowan and he's the guy who can make those big shots. He to me – like Cowan to me is very much like an Iowa's Jordan Bohannon in the sense that he's willing to take those big-time shots. He's not afraid of shooting as much as he needs to. I mean, he's a pretty solid three-point shooter, shooting 34%, only 40% from the field, but an absolute stud that you have to watch out for at all times. And the other guy we didn't talk about, too, is Jalen Smith. He's a five-star forward. I believe he's one of the top ten recruits in the nation. He doesn't even – you know, he's only gotten the court. Um, he's the fourth most – you know, has the fourth most playing time on all the, you know, of all the Terrapins and stuff. But when he gets going, he is an athletic stud. He's not as refined, but very, very, very athletic at six foot 10, 215 pounds. So he'll be an interesting person to watch out for as well. Yeah. He's just, you know, length and athleticism that Wisconsin doesn't have, unfortunately. Uh, you just have to hope that his lack of refinement, like you said, uh, is enough to counteract all of that because frankly, Maryland should be 
too much to handle for the Badgers, but we've seen over the 80 minutes that they've played, um, probably Wisconsin has won 50 or so of those minutes um, just because they crapped the bed for most of the uh, the first game. Um, it shouldn't it shouldn't go that way. Maryland has more raw talent. They just can't put it all together, I don't think. Yeah, so are you saying uh, you think Wisconsin will win this game? I think Wisconsin will win this game. All right, we have our first controversy here. I'm, I'm picking Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bad pick. Probably some homerism going on, but uh, – Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm also pretty biased too. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that if, <laughs> if it's a toss-up, you got to go with Wisconsin. Um, obviously, if it's a toss-up, I'm going to pick every team against Wisconsin, so I think we're <laughs> in pretty solid boat there. Game number nine of the quarterfinals, uh, Purdue versus the Minnesota Penn State winner. Um, Penn State, we obviously picked Penn State as probably the team that's going to win here. Purdue's been an interesting team. Started off the season a little bit slow, and then have really picked it up late to win, you know, or really claim the the share of the Big Ten title, led by Carson Edwards. You know, they're a team that I think is really concerning heading into the tournament. They've been so hot as of late. I want to say they've won 14 of their last 16 games. Um, I'll I'll double check on that, but just a really solid team overall. Again. This is the, one of those situations where I feel like Penn State, they have a lot going for them, but Purdue is just ultimately too freaking talented. They're not going to, they're not going to be able to overcome, you know, a team like Purdue. It's just they're too, they're too, they're too strong. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. With a quick reminder too that Purdue also beat Penn State twice this year, but the games were relatively close, um, all things considered. Uh, one by nine points at Penn State and one by twelve points um, against you know, actually in Purdue. So yeah, Purdue's we're going to talk about Carson Edwards here in a minute, but Matt Harms uh, listed at seven foot three, 250 pounds. If there's anybody in this conference, that'll be able to at least slow down Lamar Stevens. Harms is one of those guys. Uh, He's just simply big and that might be enough. Uh, He's got several inches on Stevens, Um, but yeah, he's average. He's, he's second in the Big Ten in blocks with two point one. Actually, I believe behind Bruno Fernando. I'll have to check that. Yeah, and the the thing that's really just going to do it for Purdue is is Carson Edwards and then Ryan Klein. Uh, if I'm looking at this accurately, they shoot thirty six point three percent from three as a team, which is good for tops in the nation. That's freaking impressive. No, no, no. Okay, that is the conference. I, I was unsure. Yeah, that's okay. That's the conference. Thank God. I was about to say, there's no, <laughs> way, there's no way Purdue is the best three point shooting team in the country. But yeah, I, I just didn't scroll down far enough. Okay, yeah. So that's only the tops in the conference. That's still a really, really good percentage. Um, Carson Edwards is shooting 34%, but he's also taking 10 threes a game. So considering the volume, that's a pretty good percentage. Ryan Klein, though, is shooting almost 42%, and he's taking over seven threes a game. That's lights out shooting. That's that's too much to overcome. Um, Carson Edwards is going to be the best player in this in this game, uh, and then Lamar Stevens is going to be the second best. But he's got Matt Harms to deal with, and I don't think that Purdue's got much of a shot, frankly. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and then also you got to think about Grady. I think they have a couple guys that are shooting over forty percent, including you know Grady Eifert, a, a reserve player who comes off the bench. He's shooting forty. 46% from three on two attempts a game. So, I mean, he's good for at least one or two. You know, one of those guys who you don't expect him to do much and all of a sudden he drains that random three in the corner when you really freaking need a three and just kind of puts a dagger in your team. So I 100% agree. Purdue should win this game pretty easily and advance to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. All right. Now now is the time to talk about your team, your game. Here. <laughs> it's a great one. 
Dude, I mean, let's be honest. If Iowa makes it to the quarterfinals, I'll call that a win. Um, <laughs> they they haven't advanced past the second round uh, since 2006. So this is wow. <laughs> if they if they get to the quarterfinals, color me impressed. I'll be happy. I'll you know call it a day. If you know if they just make it a game against Michigan, I know that sounds super depressing for all you Hawkeye fans listening to this. But let's be honest, a, a chance to go to the quarterfinals would be huge, and just playing a good game against Michigan would also be huge. The nice thing about you know Iowa, they just they match up really well against Michigan. Michigan's a, a really stout team, but they actually Iowa uses Luca Garza and Tyler Cook really really well against Michigan. Um, they have that stud freshman. I'm trying to pull up his name right now. Another name that I'm going to be struggling. Ignas Brazikis, six foot seven, two hundred fifteen pound, five star freshman. Um, very out, you know, very good player. But you know, Iowa matches up pretty well against him. Tyler Cook made him, you know, not do so well when they played Iowa. John Teske, seven foot one center. He's really going to be, I think, the difference here because he's actually, so correction on my earlier statement, he's actually leading the Big Ten in blocks right now. And Luca Garza is a very good offensive player, but if you bully him around, um, that to me is probably the biggest matchup. If Luca Garza can get going against John Teske, that'll be huge. If Luca Garza goes completely silent, I mean, he's one of those guys who either goes for 20 or 25 or goes for a zero or two points. So I think that's going to be a huge matchup here. Um, you know, against, against Iowa, when they went to Carver, a lot of that I feel like was just, you know, a lot of Iowa players made very big note of the fact that they were pissed off that Michigan knocked them out of the tournament last year. Super pissed off about that. And they were excited to play Michigan. They had a lot of, you know, pent up feelings, I guess, against, you know, for playing against Michigan. So I just don't feel like that's going to be the same case. They already beat Michigan once this season. Michigan is a better team than Iowa, um, but I do think Iowa matches up well. I would absolutely pick Michigan in this game to beat Iowa. Um, I just can't, I can't see Iowa doing it. it. Again, I'll be happy if Iowa even gets to the quarterfinals, but against Michigan, I just think Michigan's going to be too much. See, I'm really trying to like talk myself off of Michigan as much as I can because I feel like every sign is pointing towards them to just be kind of like a disappointment in the NCAA tournament. And I don't want to be one of those guys that was just like, I should have paid attention to all the signs, you know? Yep. I get you. Um, because like it, I heard somebody say this was a while ago, um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, like their big wins early in the season was against Villanova. Um, they beat North Carolina when North Carolina wasn't looking so hot. Uh, they had a, a nice win over Purdue. They beat a ranked Indiana team who is far from ranked now. And that's really it. Yeah. Uh, their next their next ranked opponent was when they beat Wisconsin in February, um, which was after they got smoked by you guys. So, like, beating North Carolina, cool. Beating Purdue, cool. Um I'm not giving them any credit for beating a ranked Indiana team. And frankly, I'm not giving them any credit for beating uh, a ranked number eight Villanova team early in the season. That was their third uh, game of the year. Like Villanova has been up and down and they definitely weren't the team that uh, then that they are now. It's also really hard for me to be impressed with Iggy Brasdakis because against Wisconsin in the two games he played against Wisconsin, he has two total points. Now, Looking at his game logs, that is far from the norm. That's definitely not what you could expect from him. But I just don't see it with the guy all the time. Like he's up and down. He's young, uh, inexperienced. I, I just don't know. Like he's he's broken the twenty point mark in his last few games. But it's hard for me to be impressed with him. 
He's also a huge volume shooter too. I mean, he's the kind of guy, if he starts, if he misses, he's just going to keep freaking shooting. And some of the bigger games, he hasn't played well. He's not the person who carries that team. Uh, you know, when they beat number 24, when they beat Maryland a few weeks ago, he shot 36%, which is atrocious for a forward. Um, against Iowa, he shot 40%. Not bad, but not ideal. He shot, you know, took 15 shots. So he's kind of a, one of those up and down guys. And you're absolutely nailed it. I mean, he's a younger guy too. Uh, Will he will he be able to handle the pressure here? And I think you make really good points. I mean, the it's weird about what's weird about college basketball is you can have a ranked win early in the season and that'll carry you along. Iowa mm-hmm. rode that wave for a while. They beat Oregon and a UConn team that people thought was better than expected. And they rode that wave to, you know, 14th in the nation. They lost to Wisconsin, which catapulted Wisconsin up the rankings too, because, oh my gosh, Iowa's great. Wisconsin being an Iowa team at home. This is fantastic. Hey, um, hey, hey. We, we earned <laughs> that. Okay, we earned that. <laughs> you, 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 you earned the win fair and square, but the, the movement of the rankings, yeah. you know, Iowa was definitely overrated. Wisconsin got a little overrated too, just from beating Iowa. Um, so I think that it's very interesting that in, and I, that's kind of why, not to digress too much, but you know, college football, one of the things I do like about the college football playoff committee is that they do they do value those wins earlier in the season just as much as they do late in the season. Like Iowa was still ranked, even though they were six and three because of what they did earlier in the season. Um, but those teams were also valued pretty highly. So Iowa State started doing well. And I'm really digressing here, but I just I really like how the college football playoff committee does things. And I don't like how the rankings are typically done here, where you're giving teams a little bit more um, umph for beating teams that aren't as good earlier in the season. Yeah, I feel you there. That that definitely makes sense. It's it's hard. It's kind of a lose lose situation because, I mean, there were teams like if you beat a team before they really clicked, like do you get credit for beating them then, or do you get credit for beating them now? Whereas if you beat a ranked UCLA or a ranked Indiana team, do you get credit for beating a ranked team then or what they are now? It, it's kind of hard to do it with basketball when there's so many games played. Uh, I think that's the difference between basketball and football. There's just fewer games, so it's easier to uh, to kind of like stay true to who you are in football. And and I don't know, it, it's it's tough with basketball, but yeah, Michigan uh, they definitely rode a wave earlier, like you said, kind of with Iowa and Wisconsin. The other thing with Iowa is I think outside of Brasdakis, Jordan Poole, he's their second leading scorer. He's nice, he's good, talented, all that stuff, but he's erratic in my opinion. Um, he came out hot against Wisconsin um, and then just cooled off in the second half and, and was nowhere to be found in that first game uh, that the Badgers ended up winning. And and Charles Matthews, he was the hero in the second game, but up until that point, he was kind of a no-show for them. Like Up until he scored 18 against Wisconsin, he scored 11, 6, 9, 10, 7, 5, that sucks, frankly. That's your third leading score. <laughs> Charles Matthews was supposed to be your best player. He's a senior. He is really good when he's hitting his shots and he's working and he's cooking. But like, if that's what you got to lean to, Michigan's in trouble. They're a great defensive team. But if they're struggling to score, I think they, they just don't know where to turn. And that's the Achilles heel for this team. So this is the kiss of death for are Iowa. You, are, you if, pick, are you picking Iowa here, though? <laughs> here, here's, I'll pick Iowa if Jordan Bohannon can promise me he's going to go out and shoot early and often, and then just make some instead of <laughs> miss them all. I really like the way I, – I think Iowa is better than they've been playing. I, I really – I do agree with that. I'll give yeah, you they, that. They they should be better than they've been playing anyways. So – but maybe this is just me trying to talk myself off Michigan. I really think Iowa is not that bad. And, they, and like you said, they match up well. The last time you saw this team, you smoked them. And 
and what is it? They scored 59 points. They struggled to score it. They probably didn't have anybody doing anything in that game. So, yeah, I mean, Iowa, I will say this. Iowa's defense was clicking in that game. I mean, they had they did a fantastic job there putting pressure on Michigan, and Michigan wasn't making the three-pointers that they were taking. And you're absolutely right. If they can, if they get if they're cold, Iowa could definitely win this game. And I don't disagree with you. Iowa is a lot more talented than the way they've been playing. I'm just so biased by watching them every year that they've been with Fran. They start off strong, they fail at the end, and then they bomb out of the tournament. And so I just it's one of those things like I just want to be proven wrong. It's like you don't bet against the Patriots, right? Man. I don't bet on the Hawks um, <laughs> late, late this season. But I, I can't let you pick Iowa and I don't pick Iowa. So if you're going Iowa, I, I have to go with Iowa. That's yeah, like a real dick move if the lockdown Badgers host picks the Hawks. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I all the all the grief that you give me for about the Badgers. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't hate Iowa basketball as much as I dislike the football team. That's fair. Um, so I – I don't know. I, I feel like everybody's just going to be writing off Iowa in this game. If, you know, there's, I guess, a pretty significant if they even get to this point yeah. of the tournament. But I feel like people just like Michigan too much. And I don't want to buy into all that. I, I kind of want to get out ahead of it. And and I think this this game, this tournament anyways, isn't going to go as well for Michigan. I think, yeah, I mean, that works for me. I mean, less controversy. Again, we're both picking Iowa. So that actually would uh, that would create a matchup between number two Purdue and number six Iowa in game twelve of the semifinals, the late game of that you know Saturday matchups. I we don't I think we're you know we're getting pretty pretty close on time here, but I, I personally Iowa versus Purdue. If Iowa wins, God, this is I don't mean to put Iowa in the Big Ten championship game here because, but if Iowa <laughs> if Iowa wins those two games, I a hundred percent think. It's due because it's because they're focusing on defense and they're shooting really well. And when a team starts shooting well, they have the momentum and they can get going. I think they could beat Purdue. I'm not going to pick them. I do think Purdue's more talented, um, but I just I think if Iowa got to that point of the semifinals, you have to start betting on the Hawks just because their offense is definitely clicking if they got that far, and their defense is getting by. And for Iowa, their defense just needs to get by and not allow such easy transition points, um, especially against you know a team like Purdue. The one thing that I think will really kill the Hawks in that game is the fact that Purdue is a very good three-point shooting team, and the Hawks get crushed by three-pointers. Every game they lose is because teams get hot from three. And while I'd like to say that it's just this weird coincidence, it's because Iowa's perimeter players – aren't very strong defensively. You got six foot Jordan Bohannon who loves to take those clutch shots, but he's also arguably the worst defender we have. Um, and he's not gonna be able to close out on a guy like Carson Edwards. Joe Wieskamp is is pretty solid, but he's still young. He's still learning. And then Isaiah Moss, it honestly depends on which Isaiah Moss shows up to play defense. But I, I'd have to pick Purdue in that game if if they play Iowa. The three point shooting will be way too yeah. much. Yeah, the reason I like Iowa in their chances against Michigan is because Michigan might struggle from time to time offensively, but Purdue, I don't think is. They're yep. just they're much more potent offensive team. And I think that's just gonna be too much for Iowa. So your boys get a good run here. Uh but <laughs> at some point the dreams gotta come to an end. Uh, I do think Purdue would and, and frankly I think Purdue would beat Michigan as well. Um just because if, if it comes to it, Purdue's just gonna try to get into a track meet with Michigan and and I think they'll win that one. So I got Purdue in the final uh, kind of regardless, but I, I'd really like to see Purdue and Iowa in that semifinal. It'd be a fun game. I mean, uh, St. Patty's Day, Iowa versus Purdue. Um, I 
I'd be having a good time regardless. I'll just tell you that we have a, it'll be a fun time. <laughs> yeah. You're in a one game. You're in a one game situation, you know, to go to the big 10 championship. Yeah. And again, that'll be the farthest I was gone in a decade. So lots of happiness there. The, uh, the other game in the semifinals, we can talk about this as if it's Wisconsin because I think it's really a toss-up here. If Michigan State plays Wisconsin this game, who do you have? Do you think Wisconsin has a chance against Michigan State? I think Wisconsin's got a shot uh, just because of the way they play defense. Uh, they could really try to bog down Michigan State, and if they just make life miserable for Cassius Winston, um, then who knows? Maybe that just completely shuts down Michigan State's offense. And uh, if – Basically, Wisconsin's got to win the style of play battle, and then they give themselves a good shot to win this game. Just because, frankly, they give themselves a good shot to win any game because they just make it ugly and they slow it down and they try to keep the other team. Not that they play outstanding defense and they hold their opponent to 20, but they just slow the game down so much, and it frustrates the opponent. And it makes uh, them make them do stupid things or puts them into unfortunate situations. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's frustrating. And we've only seen Michigan State once this year, so there's there's 40 less minutes for Michigan State to have on Wisconsin, uh, which I think just benefits the underdog here. So I don't think Wisconsin wins, but they got a shot just because I think they can make it close with just about anybody in the country. Um, not that they can pull it out, but the way they play, uh, it tends to keep things close. Yeah, so this is interesting. So we basically – we've agreed on almost every single pick besides Wisconsin, and we almost didn't agree on the Iowa-Michigan game, but I just felt – too wrong to not go with <laughs> Iowa. Um, we we do agree then at that point Iowa and Wisconsin would be making it to the semifinals in this you know predictive you know kind of discussing this the Big Ten championship or uh, the Big Ten conference tournament. But we ultimately would be putting Michigan State versus Purdue, the number one and the number two seed. We both know March is crazy. Um, the likelihood of that happening is is insane. We're going to probably be texting back and forth, and something is insane going to happen. Who knows? Maybe we see Penn State go all the way. But in this situation, <laughs> we have we have Purdue versus Michigan State for the Big Ten championship. I think that that would be a fantastic game and the the right way to finish the season. We have those both you know both those teams tied for a share of the Big Ten you know regular season title. So I mean, I think that'd be a fantastic game to watch in that game. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to take the the cake in that? I mean, you have two, you know, very good perimeter players playing each other. That'll be a huge matchup. I think obviously Nick Ward down low will be huge as well to see how he can go up against Purdue. Um, what are your thoughts on that game? You know, uh, you mentioned earlier how Tom Izzo is just like Mr. March. Uh, and I think that is going to be the, the make or break thing here is just because Michigan state always seems to do well in March and kind of overachieve, even when they don't have great teams, they, they tend to play pretty well in, in tournament settings and Purdue kind of doesn't. So who knows? Purdue may not even, even get that far. They may blow it to, uh, to Iowa, you know, <laughs> not to get back on that, but <laughs> Purdue, the big 10 championship game. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember this was a long time ago. Uh, I picked Purdue to uh, go to the national championship game in one of my brackets when I was a kid. And, uh, and I was like, they're just good. They're really, really good. This was like around when Robbie Hummel was there and like yep. each one more and Juwan Johnson guys like that. And, and I think they, they lost in like the second round and it was an upset, but it's like, Ever since then, I'm just like, you know, I just can never trust Purdue in tournament settings. So if they can even get to the championship round, uh, I'm just not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I don't trust uh, I don't trust their coach. I just don't trust their colors. I don't trust Purdue, <laughs> period. So it's funny how those those 
early memories kind of hold with you. I mean, that's exactly how I feel about Michigan State. One year, I was like, they're not playing very well. I believe they were like a seven or an eight seed, and they went on a run and went to the you know the NCAA the championship. And I was like, I'm never picking against Michigan State again. They do this this crap every single year. Mm-hmm. I you just you can't pick against them in March. So we're both agreeing. It's Michigan State winning the Big Ten championship. Um, like I said, probably a solid chance that we are completely off when everything is said and done just because March is absolutely crazy. But, again, I would never pick against Michigan State, and it sounds like you wouldn't either. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it would be really easy to figure out where we went wrong, and it would probably be if uh, we both our teams lost their first game of the tournament. <laughs> and, and that would just shake things up drastically. So, <laughs> Yeah, and those, I mean, those are the ones we were kind of confused on, or at least yeah. I was definitely confused on the Iowa thing. I mean, I didn't want to pick them in game six in the second round. Um, I definitely didn't want to pick them against Michigan, but you forced my hand there. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun, man. I'm excited to watch the tournament. Um, we'll have to do this again, maybe do a recap of the Big Ten tournament, maybe giving a little bit of a preview of the NCAA tournament. Um, hopefully get a lot more information after this. I mean, obviously, we you know, the Big Ten could see as many as eight or nine teams in the NCAA tournament, depending on how people do. So it'll be fun to see. Um, any last-second thoughts you have about the Big Ten tournament coming up? You know, What are you excited about that kind of stuff? No, I'm just really curious to see how it all shakes out because, like you said, there's a lot of teams that are going to be tournament bound, more like Ohio State and Indiana that are going to be fighting for tournament berths. So um, uh, there's just a lot of good basketball teams here, Uh, even when you do get down to like Iowa and and Minnesota, Penn State, teams like that. Like those are still some pretty solid basketball teams. So there's going to be a lot of good basketball. I love watching college basketball. So this is going to be something pretty much every game is going to be worth tuning into. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited, but um, that'll do it for our show for today. Tanner, again, it was fantastic doing another crossover show with you. Enjoy talking college basketball. Hopefully yes, if we can talk next week and both of our teams won a few games or, or, yeah. you know, whatever, that'd be, that would be fantastic. I think, like I said, if the, if the Hawks win a game, I'll be lit. I'll be super excited about that. It'll be fun, but we'll have a couple more shows coming out later this week. Um, we'll probably be doing some separate episodes. I have some stuff coming out to or obviously tomorrow and the following day on Friday. Um, I'm assuming Tanner, you have some stuff coming out as well. So make sure to follow us both on Twitter. You can find the locked on Hawkeyes podcast on Twitter at locked on Iowa, and you can follow the locked on Badgers podcast at locked on Badgers on Twitter as well. That'll give you the most recent updates, letting you know kind of when our episodes are posted and whatnot. And it's really easy. If you just subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast at, you can get that downloaded automatically to your phone the morning that it is released. So you don't have to wait for it. You don't got to check us out on Twitter, although we would love the support and whatnot. You can just download that episode directly from iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. And then if you have a smart speaker at home, it's super easy to listen to this episode. Just say Siri, Google, or Alexa, play podcast Locked On Badgers or play podcast Locked On Hawkeyes. That will give you the latest episode of both of our fantastic podcasts on the Locked On Sports Network. Tanner, your podcast, or sorry, your Twitter handle is Nestle is the name. Am I correct? Yes. Awesome. So listeners out there, you can follow Tanner at Nestle is the name, and you can follow myself at Wade underscore Andrew. Again, thank you for joining us for this fantastic crossover episode of the Locked On Badgers and the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We'll be giving you some great content heading into March Madness. We're really excited, obviously. Um, If the Hawks can win a game, I'll I'll be pumped. Sounds like if Wisconsin can get a few games in, that'll be awesome too. And then we'll be having some fun stuff to talk about in March. Again, thank you for joining us on the Locked On Hawkeyes and the Locked On Badgers podcast. Have a fantastic day, and we'll be both back tomorrow.